How do you overcome a loss? The worst thing in your life just happened. You go to sleep. You wake up. It's a new day. How do you get through that day and the day after that and the day after that? Do you, do you crouch yourself up into a ball? And hope that that life just doesn't bother you anymore because you're crouched up, you're safe, you're secure. You're not willing to take any more risk. You're not willing to do anything else in your life because I don't want to feel lost again. I don't want to feel hurt again. So I'm just going to stay here because this is my safe place. Or do you say, you know what? I'm going to take that loss that I had. I'm going to put it onto my back. I'm going to get through life. I'm going to go through each day. I'm going to go through each day as a mom, as a teacher, as a wife, as a friend. I'm going to go through each day and I'm just going to carry this loss until I feel like I can't carry it anymore. And then the next thing you know, you fall into another loss and another loss. Then another thing happens and another thing happens and it just seems like you just can't get out of this hole. What do you do? How do you move forward when you're begging and pleading that that you just don't experience anything else anymore? How do you get past wondering Why me? Why am I going through this? Why is it always something? How do you overcome a loss? There's a way to do it. Let's turn the page to the next chapter. Lose the battle, win the war. You're listening to Once Upon a Texture. I am Janine, your host. Get ready to hear about my journey of turning a hair tragedy into a beauty business. Each episode, I will tell stories about my past experiences that can help entrepreneurs like you and me to navigate through adversity with faith and finesse today. Okay, so I'm in the calf and I'm getting ready to sit down I have a couple of friends with me and this is the day when the results are going to come out to know if I won Miss Sophomore or not and I sat there thinking if I win I have to still be disciplined enough to get to know me because I I can't allow this position to let me forget who I am. I, I just discovered Janine. I've just discovered who I have the potential to be. And I can't allow this this title to be me. This title isn't me. I've I've now been introduced to this new young lady that that needs to be nurtured. And and so regardless of what happens, I just have to remember that Janine comes first and everything else comes later. And while I knew 
that was the process, it's like it was easier said than done. It's like I know that I have to be disciplined enough to know me, to, to continue to get to know me. But how, how do I really do that? And so I'm sitting there waiting for the results. And in comes one of my friends and shows me an email with the results. I had won again. I couldn't believe it. It was crazy. I just couldn't recall a time in my life where I I'd won something, you know, so big and and it happened twice back to back. It was it was very very cool. It's still very cool to think about. Um and I was honored because I didn't do that alone. My classmates saw something in me. They saw a leader. And while I was getting to know the new Janine, oh, there was a, a part of me that was, that was glad that I didn't look like, they didn't see me for what I was going through. My mess wasn't, wasn't allowed. It wasn't loud. <laughs> I, I was grateful that my internal mess wasn't all over the place, that I, I was able to keep it together enough so that people would really get to appreciate the, this new person that I'd become because I was going to, I was, I was ready to be intentional with living out loud. <sighs> so I have this new title and, and there's a lot of changes going on in the university. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn how to adjust being me. I'm trying to adjust to the change. I'm, I'm still away from home. I'm in a, a new level I'm in my sophomore year. And, and I, I really just wanted to make sure that with everything that I still had to go through in my life, I didn't forget that I needed to be disciplined enough to not forget about learning Janine. So school starts again. It's now the fall and I <laughs> I start the school year off with a lot of things kind of up in the air. I didn't know if I would have enough financial aid to stay. The scholarships that I had, they weren't enough to cover my out-of-state tuition. And so the year started off a little bit rocky because there was not a, there wasn't enough. I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't really know what was going to happen. And so I remember going into financial aid and, you know, talking with them and asking them, are there any other scholarships? Is there anything else? Because I can't go home right now. You know, I, I'm on a mission to not only get through the next school year, but I have to be here because I, I have to be in a, in a place where I'm getting to know myself. And I feel like this is the place. So what do I have to do? What do we have to do? And I just recall sitting in the office or the location where financial aid was. And I'm like, I'm rocking. I'm sitting there all day. I'm hoping I'm praying. And one of my advisors, um, came up to me and she was basically like, listen, don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's going to be okay. Get out of here. Go get some fresh air. 
You know, everything is going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And so I remember going to one of my friends dorm and um, I went to her dorm room because <laughs> I didn't have a room yet. I was waiting on financial aid to kind of come through because I didn't have anywhere to stay. I didn't know what was going to happen or, or any of this. My everything hadn't been processed to allow me to check in um, to my dorm just yet. And so she she let me vent and let me kind of just be upset about how things were and how I wish things were. And, you know, it's always good to have people in your corner that know how to pray when things get rough and that know how to stop you in your tracks when your mouth starts to get ruthless, when you say things that you shouldn't be saying as far as speaking negatively over your life. And, you know, I was really in a negative mood because I, I couldn't see what <laughs> I, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see clearly. Right. And so. I remember being in her room and she said, you know, we're going to pray about it. We're going to pray about it. And that's it. Once we pray about it, we're not talking about it anymore because you're not going home. You're going to stay here. And I said, okay. <laughs> so we prayed. Uh, we prayed. And the minute we finished praying, it's like we couldn't even get amen out because we were scared for our lives. The entire building started to shake like shake we were freaking out like what is happening what is going on once upon a texture we'll be right back after this have you ever just found like the perfect outfit and then the moment you were getting ready to put everything together, you realized you didn't have the jewelry for it. Oh my goodness, what do you do now? It's simple. All you have to do is rely on Jewels by Marcel. Jewels by Marcel is a high fashion jewelry boutique where you can find the jewels that are just as rare as you. All you need to do is go to jewelsbymarcel.com. That's jewelsbymarcel.com. And you can find the jewels that match your style. Once Upon a Texture starts back right now. I've never been so scared in my life. <sighs> so we open the door and we look out and, you know, we hear everybody kind of like screaming, like, what's going on? And somebody like, it was an earthquake. It was an earthquake. It ended. Thank God. Uh, but I'm just like, I've never experienced an earthquake before. Like, what in the world is going on? Literally, this day cannot get any crazier. And, <laughs> and I just remember her and I just started laughing like, hey, you know what? God works. God works in mysterious ways. You never know. And she was like, you know what? Go, go back to the financial aid office. You know, they told you to wait. You got some fresh air. Go back. See if anything's changed. I'm, I'm interested to see if anything's changed. And I'm just like, okay, all right. You know what? This day can't even get any crazier. So let me just go. You know, let me, let me just go to the financial aid office. And I kid you not. I walk back into the financial aid office. I tell them my name. And, and the lady says, oh, great. Your tuition's been covered. We found a couple of scholarships for you. Um, found a couple of grants for you. You're even going to get a refund check back of this amount. And I'm like, 
Hold up. What? I was just in here 30 minutes ago. Like, no, like, seriously, I was just in here. And it looked like nothing was going on. And you you found what? And I'm getting a what? <laughs> There's a lot of things in my life that, that have happened and I, I couldn't make sense of it. But I don't care what anybody tells me in my life. I know. I know for a fact that that was God. And any time in my life when I have a moment where I forget or I'm, I'm confused or I'm wondering, I think about that day I experienced the earthquake because everything changed. Everything like that. Like that. So it was cool. You know, I was able to share that with my friends. That was just the one motivator I had throughout the year because if God can bring me through an earthquake and give me a refund check, God can do anything. And I need to always remember that because he's done more than that before. And it just it served as a simple reminder that I can't forget how good God is, even in the midst of things that look impossible. Look like I, I can't get past them. I can't get over them. He is still good. Whew. So I'm going through the school year. You know, I'm getting through the school year. This is my first semester as a sophomore. I'm now in a better dorm. I got a refund check in the bank account. <laughs> right? <laughs> and things are looking great. Things are looking great. But not really. Because I still was trying to discover who Janine was. And I found myself in a place where, you know, I was serving as the class queen. I was going to class. I was meeting up with my friends, you know, thankful that I'm here, but I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling because I don't know. I don't fully know who Janine is, that process. I didn't really know the next step. I knew that I needed to get done. I knew that I needed to be intentional about getting to know me, but I didn't really know that next step. I, I get it. I got it. Yes, Janine, she has to be, she is, she will be, you know, all these things. You know, I'm saying my affirmations, but I'm still like, I don't know this girl. I don't know her. How do I get to know her? In the midst of everything that's going on around me. And what, was, what started to happen was as I was trying to learn who I was. <laughs> anytime something bad happened. I, I, I would fall back into that hole. And, and I, I couldn't see. I couldn't see. And so around me, it's like everything was going, including myself. But I was having an outer body experience because I was watching myself go. But it's like, hey, hey, hello, back here. Don't leave me. Nobody could see it. Nobody could see it. My friends couldn't see it. My family they definitely couldn't see it. They weren't there. Nobody could see me suffering. And so, you know, 
still, I'm, I'm carrying that loss. I'm moving forward throughout the day. And the worst thing in my life or worst things happened. I remember the day I was walking to my dorm. It was late in the evening. It was the day before homecoming. And homecoming is a big deal at an HBCU. Everyone knows that. And this is also the day where you know, I, I get to be on a float and be at the football games. And it's just a big a big deal you know you go to the parade and it was just a really awesome moment in my life you know I couldn't wait for my to see my family you know I knew they would be coming to support and be there and I was just so excited to be a part of this experience again and so I walked to my dorm I'm, I'm processing everything that I got to do for the next morning because I have to get up early because I have to get my makeup done because the parade starts before 7 a.m. And I got to be getting makeup done at 5 so that I can, you know, put on this face, right? And I get a phone call. And it was my cousin sharing with me. that my grandmother passed away. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't think. I didn't know. I didn't have an answer this time. I didn't, I didn't have an answer. My, my stomach had dropped so bad. I, at moments I was forgetting to breathe. I, I, I couldn't really process. What did she just say? What? No, no, no. This can't be happening right now. This can't be happening right now. I'm already putting on a face every single day that I don't even know. I don't even know who that person is. I'm putting on this face to be this person that I need to be. And the one person that, that sees me, the one person that knows me, is gone? Hmm. <sighs> I've never experienced I'd never experienced hurt like that before in my life. And whew, 
It's been 10 years, 10 years. And I don't care what I've been through. Losing my grandmother hurt. And it will always hurt. It will always hurt. I couldn't breathe. I didn't know how I would I would get past this one. I remember getting my makeup done and my makeup needed to be redone and redone. I felt like I, I can't get on a float today. I'm not going to be able to make it on a float this morning because I don't even know what has just happened. My life, my life felt like it was over. I couldn't breathe. It hurt so bad. But I remember walking outside and getting some fresh air. This was before the parade and you know, my grandmother was sick. And it was like, you know what? I, I knew that she wouldn't be able to come to a, a parade or, or a football game and, and see me in this light. But there was something reassuring about the fact that now that she was in heaven, that she would get to see me. And that is the only thing that got me up on that float for that parade. That was the only thing that helped me to, to smile that day. That was the only thing. If I get on this float, she'll see me. She will get to see me. She will get to be proud of me. She will see me not give up because my grandmother wasn't a quitter. <laughs> my grandmother was the most strong, courageous person. I mean, she just, she didn't care. It didn't matter what was in her way. She was going to overcome it. And, and to be honest, most of my, let me try this out. Let me see how this goes. It really, it came from watching her. She was going to do it. It didn't matter. She was going to do it. And I couldn't let her down couldn't let her down. I am going to get on this float. I'm going to go to this parade. I'm going to go to this homecoming game and I'm going to make her proud. And that was what got me through the day. It's making her proud. Got to make her proud. And it was okay for a day. <laughs> but things just started falling apart. My grades went down. I started to lose friends. I was eating Lunchables. I didn't even want to eat. I ate, <laughs> I can't tell you how many Lunchables I just ate. That's all I wanted. I didn't want food. I just, I just needed something and that's all I wanted. And my mom called me and said, you're coming home. You're coming home. I'm not gonna let you stay there like this. This is not okay, you're coming home. And I'm like, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to. No, you're coming home. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I didn't have a choice because while I had scholarships to get me through the first semester, I didn't have them to get me through the second semester. And I feel like that happened for a reason because I needed to go home. I needed I needed a moment to to process everything. And you know what happened when when I went home, you know. Everybody was saying, "I knew it wouldn't last. I knew you'd be back. You know, you're the first one to go off to school. It wasn't it was the inevitable, you know. You <laughs> We knew that this would happen. It's okay. You know, not all of us went to college. You know, it's all right. You're, it's okay if you don't go back. You'll be all right. You know, there were people around me at home that said those things to me. Once Upon a Texture, we'll be right back after this. Once Upon a Texture starts back right now. So being home was the biggest reality check for me. And I had an option. I could allow all the negativity around me, all the losses around me to keep me down. Or I could say, no, not anymore. No longer do you get to hang around me. No longer do you get to to carry with me. No. You know, if my grandmother was still alive right now, would she be okay with me <laughs> wallowing in my sorrow? No. No. It stops now. It has to stop now. So <laughs> I remember writing things down on pieces of paper. Like, this is what I have to do to go back to school. This is what I have to do to get back to Winston-Salem State University. Um, I'm going to have to pay this fee of $3,000 that I don't have. And so I don't know where I'm going to get $3,000 from. I'm not working anywhere. I'm going to find a job, though. I'm not only going to get one job. I'm going to get two jobs. I'm going to go to school. I've, I got to find out a way that I can finish my general education courses that will transfer over to school so I can be I can finish my sophomore year and complete it because I'm going back. I don't know how I'm going to get back. I don't know how I'm going to get the money. But you know what, God, I didn't forget about you. I still trust you. And, and I am fully trusting in the fact that once I write this down on a piece of paper I'm believing that you will allow me to achieve these things and get to where I need to be. And from there, it was on. I found two jobs. I applied for school at local community college. I got in. I started taking my general education courses, and I was saving my money like a crazy person. I never in my life had saved up money, and it got to a point where it was the summer. Now this is the summer. It was like May going into June. It was like mid, mid, I guess it was technically still spring. It was like mid-May. And then I, then I started to worry like, okay, God, I did everything you asked me to do. I've been working since January. Like what, what, what do I need to do? Because it's getting closer and I want to go back to school next fall, but I, I can't go if I don't have the money, God, what do I do? How does this work? You know, how do I, how do I get what I, 
I get what I need to get so I can go? You know, and I looked at my savings. Man, I think about how much I was making. It was like six. No, it was like five fifty an hour at one job and six twenty five at the other. I mean, crazy. You add it up, it's like, you know, <laughs> under twelve dollars an hour that I was making. And I was saving that money up. Like saving. I saved, I think it was like nineteen hundred bucks. Nineteen hundred dollars. Yikes. Um, if if somebody had hours, I was signing up for them. And I was still going to school, right? So I saved up this money, but it wasn't enough. And then I started to feel defeated. You know, I did everything you asked me to do, God. I, I got focused. But now what? And um, in the midst of, of working and all that, I was applying for internships. You know, if anything, I, I can get an internship and, and, and maybe that will allow me to save up even more money, you know? And it happened. I got it. Here's what you should take away from today's chapter. In an article by CNN titled Living with Grief, there is a quote that states, a shadow means that there is light on the other side. As you're experiencing loss, one of the biggest ways and final ways to overcome a loss is to take and channel the emotional energy that you have and reinvest it into something that's positive so that you can move to the next phase, to the next step. So in order for you to do that, the first thing that you should consider is talking to someone, taking everything that you feel and putting it out there so you can get it out of the way so that way you can see the light whether it's talking to god talking to to a therapist talking to your mother talking to a friend talking to your husband talking to someone that can help you to see that light but discuss it so that way you can get around it and move past it and even if it doesn't go away at least you can get to a point in your life where that grief is no longer disabling you. The next thing that you can take away from this chapter is writing the vision and making it plain. Whatever it takes for you to go to the next step, writing those steps down is what will help you to get there. So, If it means that you need to focus your energy on starting a business, focus your energy on going back to church, focusing your energy on writing in a journal and allowing those things to help you to get to that next phase. Write it down, write down the phase that you want to get to and do it. It seems a little bit easier said than done, but it's really not too good to be true because God can do it. He is more than capable of getting you through the tough time that seems impossible. And once you write these things down that you're going to do, you have to expect greater while you work. Expect greater. 
pray and expect that these things are going to happen because you know who God is and what he's done before. And put in the work. Put in that work. You have to pray and work. Pray and work. And God sees you doing these things. And he will. He will bring you through. And when you get a chance, read Job 22 and 28. And let that keep your spirits lifted until the next chapter. Thanks for listening to Once Upon a Texture. I am Janine, and I cannot wait to turn the page to the next chapter with you. Until then, share this episode with your family and friends. They can listen in on any platform that plays podcasts. I'm looking forward to sharing the next story with you, my friend. Bye.